Welcome to What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients with your host, Joel Miner. Listening to the show, you'll learn how to avoid the unnecessary pain and avoidable costs that commonly occur in the building and renovating process. Joel will also inspire you with his knowledge, experience and ideas on how to make your home a place to suit your lifestyle for years to come. Hello and welcome to another episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients. So this week I'm actually by myself riding solo. So I'm going to be running through a few topics that come up quite often when people get through the building stage or the, the stage where they're getting through, they've got a quote and they're, they're going through the contract stage and there's a whole lot of confusion about prime costs, provisional sums, and there's a whole lot of builders jargon that... Um, you don't understand or never seems to get explained properly. So what I want to really nail down on is um, prime cost and provisional sums. Now these are normally known as a PC or a PS item. So, and quite often I get a lot of people ask me what's a prime cost or what is a provisional sum and they look at me with a bit of confused face or a confused look. So I want to break into them tonight and just, and just explain to you basically how they work, uh, what to look out for, and, and the, these are the common things that can lead to a lot of extra costs when it comes to a building contract or a renovation, depending on what you're doing. So whether it be um, you're extending your house or doing a patio or doing a bathroom or, or building new, regardless, all these provisional sums and prime cost items are all involved in this uh, in these builders' contracts and, and, and builders' jargon, as it's commonly known. So... Um, first of all, I want to explain what is a prime cost item. So a prime cost item, commonly known as a PC item. So a prime cost item is something that um, basically it's an it's an item for a fixture. So it's either for a f uh, fitting. So for example, um, a tapware, a door lock, a type of door, um, you know, or, or a tile. So generally a PC or a prime cost item is just the product itself. So it might, it's no, no labor is generally included in a prime cost item. So it's generally just the item itself because um, there's a lot of things where, you know, builders will just set an allowance for this particular um, item. So, you know, for a tap where they might allow $30 and for a shower head, they might allow $50 and for tiles might be $30 a square meter. So um, these allowances just set because obviously, and when it comes to the quoting stage, there's, there's things that need to be talked about and discussed to fine tune it. And I find where this is where it can be and costs can add up really, really, really quickly. Um, so uh, what some of the things you need to look out for is, is, when it comes to prime cost items, so when you're looking at selecting tapware and, and door locks and hardware and, and stuff like that, um, you need to make sure that there there's a set amount. So there should be a, a set amount detailed in the quote that's in a, in a particular section so that it, it'll, it'll show you how much has been allowed for this. So, for example, um, you know, there might be a, um, a tap, you know, $30.00. Showerhead, $50. Um, floor coverings, X amount per square meter. Tiles, X amount per square meter. Now, the whole purpose of this is so that, obviously, depending on what you select or what you want, it's obviously going to change the cost of these things because, obviously, these items haven't been selected yet. So, you know, there's a few things you got to look out for when it comes to that. So making sure that if you haven't selected items before or when you sign the contract and you haven't selected all your items yet and this hasn't been, you know, you've only gone with the standard inclusion that's the builder have supplied you with, um, there's a couple things to be wary for. So it's a couple things like um, when it comes to providing, when it comes to putting in um, the tapware or um, doing these sorts of things, you want to make sure the things you select 
um, or there is a reasonable amount of money allowed for to put this particular thing in because I find quite often um, the standard inclusions that's included are, are generally on the cheaper side of what you like. So, you know, there might be $30 for a tap, but the tap you like and you want to put in your bathroom might be $80. So there's a $50 difference. And by the time you go through and select your shower head or your uh, mixers for your tapware or your door locks and all these all these little things can add up quite quickly so it's really really important to make sure that um i would highly recommend suggesting and, and selecting these things before you get into a contract because these things can add up to a, a, a cost quite quickly so um generally there's margins on these builders margins as well so when you go through a contract whether it's a renovation or a new build or whatever there's, there's builders margins on things um and there's a fine print generally in the fine print of a contract there'll be something that'll say um, if any changes change to these prime cost items, there's a particular percentage rate that gets put on. So say, for example, um, you picked, you know, a $30 tap had been allowed for, you be, you picked the $100 tap. So there's $70 difference. So you'll get charged the extra $70. And say, for example, there's a 10% builder's margin on that. And you also get charged the 10% on top. So a $70, extra $70 is now turned into $77. There's a couple other things. Um, this is probably more relating back to variations. But there's a couple other things you should be wary of also that sometimes it's an administration fee when it comes to um, changing items or changing things where it's adding extra costs. So if it's a lot of things that's getting changed and it, it involves a bit of administration, generally there's there's like a special condition in contracts a lot of builders will put in and it'll say, you know, any any changes or any variations will occur to a $250 ministry or $500 administration fee. So these vary from builder to builder and contract to contract. But it's something you should be really aware of. So I would highly recommend selecting these items um, before you get into a contract with a builder so you know exactly what it's going to cost beforehand because what happens if you don't, you can get up all this. You know, it might only be $7, $70 a tap here and $50 a tap there, or $100 a shower head here, but you can be surprised how quickly these things can add up. And uh, you, if you are making these changes for a build, you want to make sure that you get the cost of it straight up front so that you don't have... You don't end up with a big bill at the end of it and go, oh, crap, I didn't realize it was going to cost that much. So I also wanted to dig into the the situation of, I get a lot of people asking, well, can I supply my own prime cost item? So can I supply my own toilet? Can I supply the own tapware? Um, can I supply my own tiles? Which is which is totally okay. Um, if you're wanting to do that, that's fine. But here's a couple of things you could should consider uh, before doing that. So why, I, why you shouldn't provide your own tapware and fittings for, for a Great example is warrant, warranty issues. So if there's something, you know, a toilet breaks down or there's a seal leaking or there's, there's something that, you know, that might be a warranty issue from the manufacturer, you're now responsible because you supplied this item, you're now responsible for, for this particular um, item. So if you supply the toilet and there's a fitting that's leaking or something that's not right and it was due to the manufacturer, you're now responsible to pay that contractor or the person who installed it to basically remove it, get the new toilet, which the manufacturer will supply, and then pay them to put it back in. Whereas if you let the builder sort all this out, what you're avoiding is if you do have any warranty issues with the manufacturer's particular thing, which it does happen from time to time, you know, not everything's perfect and it doesn't, you know, sometimes there's a busted seal or there's something that just hasn't gone right from manufacturer day and it hasn't been picked up on, which every now and again you do get. Um, you want to make sure that this is... Like if that happens and the builder has supplied it, well, the builder's got to pull that out and then he's got to replace it. So 
that cost won't add up onto you. You don't get stung with that extra bill because you supplied it. So that's your responsibility. It's now the builder's responsibility. So warranty issues is the big thing. So, you know, it doesn't happen very often, but it does happen. You know, mistakes get made. Um, also, another thing is making sure you have somewhere to store it on site. So if you have got somewhere to store it, that's cool. If you are su supplying your own, own, you know, toilets and tapwares and fittings. Uh, one thing I want to mention is when it comes to storage is making sure that when you are storing it on site, you're obviously, this is probably relating more back to new builds, but same with renovations. If you're storing all your products on site, um, it's now your responsibility if they're sitting there and something gets broken or knocked over or damaged, you're now liable to get that fixed because you've supplied that particular item. Um, when it comes to the builder supplying these sort of things, um, you don't you don't get the um, you don't you don't have that issue. So if if that something gets built on a trade, knocks it over, or, or for some reason something breaks and it needs to get while it's getting stored on site, that builder's now responsible for doing that sort of thing. So you you get taken out of that as well. So there can be a few things that add up to additional costs from just supplying, trying to supply um, your own particular, you know, items and whatnot. So I find warranty is a big one because if something goes wrong, you're now responsible to pay someone to rip that tap out and put that tap in or toilet, toilet out and toilet in. Um, so it can lead to a few additional costs. And you, what you also don't want is making sure that if you are ordering these products and everything yourself, when there is, you know, quite often there is three to four week wait on products, is making sure that um, you're actually going to get that particular product delivered on time. So whether it be a toilet for, or a vanity, a vanity is a good example because a vanity can quite often have um, extra, like there could be three or four weeks wait on a vanity. So if you're supplying the vanity, what you also want to make sure is that if you're, say for example, we're doing a bathroom. You want to make sure that vanity can get there um, on the time schedule it needs to be. So if if there is a delay in that, you quite often in most 99% of building contracts, there's, um, I've gone blank on the word, but um, additional costs that can happen if there's delays. So if there's a delay in the project um, because of some certain things, so say for a particular reason, the vanity didn't rock up on time um, and you you know it's now delayed the whole project because the builder can't put the vanity in the plumber can't come to fit the tap off and um now the tiling can't get done or, or whatever or the painting can't get finished um what will happen is this cost now gets pushed onto you because you've caused the delay um so if if you haven't got your ducks in a row and you've not organized quite quite well um you know there's there's quite often uh i've gone really blank on the word i can't think of the name It'll come to me in a minute. But if you don't have this in there, um, you know, it, it'll cost you money by, you know, there's off, liquidated damages is the word I'm looking for. So, you know, these might be set as $50 a day or $100 per day. And if, if these liquidated damages and you run over the project because it was part of your fault or something didn't rock up on time, you're now going to get back charged from the builder. Um, so this is why I think it's really important to make sure that if you're getting a builder in or someone to do your project, just let them supply the lot because it takes so much stress off you and so much additional costings because I th you think you might be saving a little bit of money in the short term of things by supplying all your things. There's no margins and stuff on, which I think a builder putting margins on top of stuff at a retail price is ridiculous anyway. It should just be whatever it costs at, at the retail price and whatever you walk in the store and agree to, that, that's what the price of it is. So it's basically just giving you a bit of an insurance policy to say that if you're supplying these kinds of things, um, 
or the builder supplying these kinds of things, you don't have any issues later on. You just ring, make one phone call and then the builder sorts it out from there. So that's basically what a prime cost item is. So I want to also dig into provisional sums because this is quite often I get another one. People say when it comes to provisional sums, what is a provisional sum? So um, a provisional sum is basically an allowance set for something that isn't quite certain on what needs to be done. So a really good example of this is earthworks. So whether it be you know, setting up for a shed slab or you're digging foundations for a house or piers or, or what, whatever you're doing with it, regardless of renovating or building new. Um, this is provisional sums quite a common thing when it comes to building contracts. So a provisional sum is basically something that in the term of things, is there's it, a reasonable amount of an allowance set for something that isn't quite unknown, regardless of how much research is done. So, you know, say for example, um, you're doing a shed, for example, and there were some footings, uh, there were some piers and footings that need to be dug in into the ground. Um, generally, the builder will set an allowance for the amount of hours they think that's required with this particular machine. So, you know, there might be a five-ton excavator at $110 an hour to be able to allow for the earthworks that need to be done. So, you know, there might be 10 hours allowed. And so what a provisional sum is, is regardless of what hours spent there, you will just only get charged for the hours spent. So if you if for 10 hours have been allowed and they do it in six, um, that six hours is all you get charged for. So say, for example, the machine was $110 an hour and the builder had allowed 10 hours, The you know so it was $1,100 for the total of 10 hours. Um, and if they did it in six, well, you only get charged for 660 and you get a credit back on your on your contract. So, you know, you'd get $400 or $540 credit. So... Um, there's a, that's with provisional sums. So it's just an allowance set. But what you also got to be aware of that is that there isn't a small amount set or a low amount set when it comes to provisional sums because quite often what builders can do to, to make things look cheaper in the short term of things is they can basically grab the prime cost and provisional sum items and shrink these right down so that what can happen is it looks good on paper but then as soon as they go to a, you know, they might allow three hours to do these particular earthworks. But in the end, it ends up 10 hours later. You're in, in that contract, you're, you're required to pay the seven hours difference. So this is a couple of things that builders can do to make things look cheaper um, and make things look good on paper. But in the end, it ends up costing you a long, lot more in the long term of things once you start getting through the project. And a good way to make sure that provisional sums don't blow out um, look, th things happen, things, unexpected things can happen, like you might hit services underground. Um, and you can, you can try to avoid these things by getting plans and things in as well. But a, a lot of the times where services are being put and where they are located on the plans, they never, never nowhere near each other. So you can try and prevent all this stuff happening. You know, prevention is better than cure, but, um, sometimes stuff, stuff, stuff does go wrong when you're, when you're digging up, you may hit a service or something like this. And, and these just all lead to additional costs to use, which sometimes this can't always be avoided, but you can do your best to try and avoid this sort of stuff. So, um, yeah, it's really, really important to make sure you do your research and, and things like a soil test is really important when it comes to, to deciding what, how much earthworks are going to cost, because you want to know what soil you're dealing with. And you also want to know, um, once you've got that soil test back, um, this is basically how your engineer will design your footing or slab design. So depending on what class of soil, um, they'll, they'll strengthen or, or adjust the, the footings and piers and, and slab to suit that particular soil for all the movement or, or not so much movement there. So say, for example, 
Um, a lot of contracts will also say with provisional sums is that um, no, no rock no rock breakers included or, or no excavation and rock because sometimes you may dig down and it is a possibility that you will hit um, a rock breaker, you know, a hit, hit a rock that's quite large and you've got to get a rock breaker in to fix it or try and get it out of the road to be able to get your footing in there. So this is a really important thing. So they're making sure that you know how much has been allowed for and they've got to try and allow you for a reasonable amount. So um, generally from my personal experience, what I'll say to a lot of clients is say, hey, look, I've, I've gone a little bit heavier on the provisional sum because I'd rather you budget over budget or or know what it's going to cost you at maximum thing. If, you know, if if everything goes well, I'm probably going to give you a credit. But I'd rather have you prepare for something, uh, prepare for the worst and expect the best, basically. Um, but mo- most times things go well, but like I said, some things do, do uh, you know, like services or you may hit rock underground that you never know was there. It does happen. Stuff does happen in building, and it is unexpected. Some things it does pop up quite often. Um, so it do, you just got to make sure when they're doing allow, hours allowed for these kind of things, and they ex- explain it quite well because you don't want to have you know really cheap prime cost items and really cheap provisional sums because what legally the the obligation is from a builder is to making sure they actually provide these things. So you want to make sh- actually sure that you're actually getting something for your money. So you want to make sure they haven't allowed $50 for a vanity because there's no way you're going to get a vanity in a bathroom for $50. So they've got to be able to supply you with something on the price. So you're making sure that, you know, $500 or $1,000 for a vanity is quite reasonable depending on what how big and what you pick. So that's a really important thing. So you want to make sure that they're actually giving you something for your dollar. And same with provisional sums. You want to make sure that I know it's maybe quite hard for some homeowners to understand on how long Earthworks is going to take. Um, but these are a really good thing if you are comparing quotes or you're looking at other um, quotes to compare these two is, is what they've actually allowed for each particular item. Personally, preference, um, I recommend a builder just sending you a checklist. You need to go pick all these things. This is all the stuff you need to pick. So you know before you, you're even getting into that contract what things are going to cost. There's no, no going to be there's going to be no hidden fees. There's, there's gonna, it's going to eliminate as less variations as possible. And... They can't always allow, like provisional sum is something they allow for and, you know, it's just something that things are unknown so you've just got to go with what you can. Um, but uh, it, like I said, it's hard to gauge sometimes. So, look, if you have any questions on this, um, I, I'd run through doing a podcast by myself tonight because uh, I was actually struggling to get someone on. Um, I'm actually going to catch up with Wayne Preston next week from Adaptable Home Builders. So these guys specialise in doing homes that they're basically creating a forever home so in this particular um in their particular houses that they design and do is they want to be able to provide with people provide people so that you know they may be the age of 40 or 50 years old but they want to live in the house forever they they want to add so as they get older the home can adapt and change to suit their needs so some simple things like making doorways uh wider um you know stairways wider having having stuff to screw handrails in bathrooms for later on because a lot of the things they do and specialize in is to do with the elderly also and making sure there's grab rails and handrails for them to be able to use and note like lip seamless entryways so i'm actually quite excited to uh, catch up with wayne and lee preston whether lee will be on there i don't know i will uh, hopefully try and get her on as well but these guys are an absolute inspiration and uh they do some awesome stuff so that's this week's episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients. I'm Joel Miner from Raw Fine Space Constructions. I'll see you guys next week.
That's it for this week's episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients, brought to you by Refined Space Constructions. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.